have been looking at problems, opportunities, and solutions. That's what this month has been about, this Enterprise Development Month. And it's been great and it's been challenging at the same time. I've had all kinds of testimonies, especially even through the midweek events or the sweet events for this month. You know, we brought many people to challenge us and to, to, to give us a push. Some of us found, must have found some of those stories, you know, interesting, some challenging, some inspiring. Uh, and we have also said at the beginning of this month that this month is not just about encouraging uh, people uh, to take hold of destiny, especially in the area of entrepreneuring, but it's generally about encouraging us to step in the real game, in the real thing that God has called us to do. So some of us, uh, w- w- you may never have to take up the challenge of entrepreneuring, uh, but you need to take up the challenge of fulfilling destiny. You need to take up the challenge of fulfilling your calling. And there are certain things that are important if we will be able to take up that challenge successfully. We need to look beyond a job and think of destiny that is at stake. We need to look beyond a job and think of the fact that there's a reason why God created me and there's a reason why I'm here. In the new year, uh, I'm trusting God to be able to uh, do a series of teachings on, on purpose. But that's not essentially where I'm going this morning. I want to challenge us to see a part of us that we may not have paid attention to as we round off this series. I want you to join me in, in the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Uh, and I'm going to read uh, three verses uh, from the different parts of the chapter. I'm going to start uh, from, from verse 1 and 2 and I'll jump to verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. The same book of Genesis chapter 1. I'll read from verse 1 and 2 and then verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 uh, the, the, the story of creation. In the beginning, the Bible says, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And when, when you, you go down, verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And uh, uh, therein is the history or the story of creation. And from that point on, it was creation, creation, creation. And by the time we get to uh, verse 26, are you still with me this morning? By the time we get to verse 26, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Somebody say image. image. Oh, I'm not hearing you this morning. Say image. All right, I need you to preach with me this morning because I want us uh, to try to immerse ourselves in what we're doing here this morning. The Bible says here, and let, uh, God said, and let us make man in our image. And if you are here this morning and you believe that you are part of the mankind, man that God was talking about here, mankind, then... Uh, you should agree with me that God was talking about you and I here while we were yet unformed. Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds in the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and 
over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Praise God. I said, praise God. Right? Uh, some things are very important from these uh, uh, verses of the scripture that we read. And you know the truth? Whenever you want to get the full import of anything, any word, any ideology, you know, uh, in the Bible, it's always important that you go to the book of the beginning. Because Genesis speaks entirely of original intentions. Now, the Bible contains many things. Contemplations, uh, prophecies, you know, admonitions, doctrines. But Genesis is filled with ori- uh, uh, the original intents. What did God have in mind from the beginning? That's why it's called the book of the beginning. The original intention. That's what Genesis is filled with. And in this passage of the scripture, the Bible says here, in, 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 from, from verse 1, In the beginning, God. The first mention of God in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. And that word God there is the word Elohim, which is a plural noun. This is the, the, the first instance where we'll get an idea that God wants us to uh, see him as, as not one God. Elohim in the Hebrew is a plural noun. So it's not just one God. This is where we started to get the idea of the Trinity form. But much more than that, as a God that can extend himself. Because that's an extension in you and I. And that's the, the full import of it. it started to show up in verse 26. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. This, and the word used for this God is a plural noun. Are you still with me today? In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And the first mention of God again, in the Bible, the next action word that followed it, the next verb that followed it was creation. Are you still with me this morning? Because it could have said, in the beginning, God walked. In the beginning, God laughed. <laughs> Are you still with me today? Yeah, in the beginning, God was just shaking his head. <laughs> but he said, in the beginning, God created. It speaks volume about original intention. That the God that we serve is about putting things in place. It's about creating. It's about initiating. It's about groundbreaking. Are you still with me today? Yeah. It's about creating. Little wonder in verse 26 there, the Bible says, and God said, let us, Elohim, said to himself, and you see he's using the plural again, God, Elohim, said, let us. <laughs> you know, ordinarily, if the first one wasn't correct, or if we were doubting, why was God using Elohim, plural now, by verse 26, then we understand that he knew what he was doing. Because said, let us make man. He should have said, let me make man. <laughs> let us make man in our image. And after our likeness. And what was he saying? Whoever I was talking to at that point, he was saying, let us bring man into our climb. Let us bring man into our level. Let us make man. Let man join us in our image. And after our likeness. Are you still with me this morning? Let man join us at this level. 
Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion. Because we also have dominion. Ladies and gentlemen, image refers to a form or shape. It's external, visible representation of a thing. That's what image is all about. But thank God, God did not stop there. Image is very important. I'm not going to go into that this morning uh, because image gives identity. Yeah. If you, and you derive your image from the person who gave that to you or created you. So if you see a bottle of Coca-Cola on the table, all right, it's an imprint of the company that created it. That's the image. I mean, that's the, the product. The, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, God said here, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So, image refers to the form or shape, while likeness refers to the quality of being similar to something, be it appearance or ability or capability. That's, that's what likeness talks about. So, God made us in his image and after our likeness. And I'm going to dwell on the likeness. That's, that's the one we're concentrating on this morning. Some other times, we're going to deal with the image thing. After our likeness, that likeness there, the major part of it, the one God was emphasizing the most in Genesis 26, based on its antecedent from Genesis 1, don't forget we're talking about original intentions, is the creative ability of God. So let us make man like ourselves, so that man also will be able to create. Somebody say create. Are you still with me this morning? I said, are you still with me this morning? All right. So that man also will be able to create. So image refers to the quality of being similar to something, to being its appearance or ability or capability. So we are like God in terms of his creative ability. That's what I'm saying this morning. We are like God in terms of his creative ability. We are like him in terms of his creative ability. Somebody say after me, this one say, I'm creative. Because I'm ma- I, I, I was made in the likeness of God. Oh, I, I'm not hearing you. I'm, I'm sure because it's still early. So you need to join me. I want to transfer this energy to you this morning. Let's preach this stuff together. Are you still here? Yeah. Uh, say, say, <laughs> say, I am like God. I, like God. I look like him. I, like I act like him. And I'm creative like my God. Like my father. Say like father, like daughter. Like daughter, like, like father, like son. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. I said praise God. So God started the job of creation, but he left the rest for us because we share his likeness. So what am I saying this morning? God created cotton, but not clothes. God created trees, but not paper. God created apples, not apple juice. Are you still with me this morning? <laughs> God created Adam and Eve, not the entire populace. So he made just two. Today we have seven billion or so. Am I saying the truth? Are you still here? Yeah. All this points to the fact that uh, because God will not delegate to you what you don't have the capacity to do, because he's a true and you know, righteous God, he started creation, but did not finish creation. I mean, when you go all through the Bible, you see it, you know, 
all over the Bible, you see that imprint, the fact that God said, look, man. I mean, David was talking about man. Who was man that you are mindful of him? Who is the son of man that you visited him? You made him a little lower than Elohim. Some recent Bibles will say you made him a little lower than angels. Not angels. You made him a little lower than Elohim. We were, he just made us a little lower than himself. But we were created in his likeness. And a major part of that likeness is the ability to create and to bring solutions. Someone say solutions. Because when you look at the original thing from the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the heart. The heart was without form and void. And darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Elohim God, the God who is extendable. That was why he used the plural noun for himself. It's extendable. And beyond the Trinity, you and I are part. We are joint heads. So we are part because God is extendable. He extended himself to man. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. I am like my father. I am like God. I can create solutions. I can make stuff happen. I can exert myself upon the situation and circumstances of my life, of my nation, of my community. You know the truth? The best scientists are supposed to be coming from the church. And in the years past, we have seen it again and again. Most of the major scientists of the past generation, uh, the, 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 uh, um, the very popular ones, were mostly Christians. Mostly Christians. Mostly Christians. When you go check the book about inventors, a, a lot of the inventors listed in most of those books, they will also reference their Christian foundation and Christian beliefs. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? God created us in his image and his likeness. So we are co-creators with God. And God expects us to be enterprising and innovative. Yeah. We're co-creators with God. Can you look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, look at a co-creator. <laughs> Say, I'm a co-creator with God. Oh, you're not saying it the way I wanted to say Say, I'm a co-creator. Say, smiling. Say, I'm a co-creator with God. I carry his ability. I'm like him. I can solve problems for you. Praise God. I said, praise God. You see, how, how sweet will it be if we can fully internalize that? If we can fully appreciate that? If I can wake up in the morning and I see myself created in the likeness of God. And I can tell the devil, bring it on. There's an extension of God in this room. And I'm the one. <laughs> Are you still here this morning? Yeah. There's an extension of God in this room. Elohim willingly extended himself to me. And I have his ability. I can resolve issues. And because God cannot be stranded, I can't be stranded. <laughs> are you still with me this morning? I said, are you still with me this morning? Oh, our God is good. I said, our God is good. Thank God he didn't create me a goat. I'm so grateful. (laughs) 
Because there's no reference in the Bible that animals were created in his likeness. Only man. Only man. Only man. Grateful to be created a man. <laughs> Grateful to be created a human being. Praise God. I said, praise God. So this is, this is, I mean, extremely important. Extremely important. So an entrepreneur can create something out of nothing, light out of darkness, solution out of problems. God, ladies and gentlemen, was the first entrepreneur. He is the first entrepreneur. He showed us. So entrepreneuring is not, it's not a special area. It's, that's man. Problem solving and creating solutions is not just because I have my shop. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. Last, last, last year at EDM, I explained what it means to be enterprising. If you are not here, get, get the message. Value, uh, um, uh, value-driven enterprises. That's, that was the theme last year. Explain what it means to be enterprising. Ladies and gentlemen, that was, our, that was God's original intention for everyone that he created. It's how we express it, and these days because of the hype about entrepreneurship, start your business, you know, all that. It's how we're expressing it that's different. Yeah, how we're expressing that, that's what is different. Are you still with me this morning? I said, are you still with me this morning? Oh, I feel like turning this message on his head. Let's go to John chapter 10. <laughs> uh, uh, some of the things I'm going to say from now is not in my slide. I'm just flowing by the Spirit. Okay, all right? Uh, um, I'm just telling the guys uh, on the uh, stuff there so that they don't start to look for what is not there. <laughs> John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I read from verse 11 of John chapter 10. It says, I am the good shepherd. This was Jesus speaking. I am the good shepherd. Said the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the sheep, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the, the, the sheep. And scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. I have 10 min- minutes more. So you're going to play for a while. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus was saying here that he is the good shepherd. The good shepherd. And that good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. What was he saying? And was he inviting us to be like him? What Jesus was saying here simply is this. For you to maximize your life. And I'm saying this because of some people here who are not maybe running your business or anything like that, but you're engaged in some stuff, maybe career, you're doing something, that a job is not what, I mean, a job should not define your life. You should be able to tell yourself, I don't have a job, I have a life. If my job is not good enough to be my life, I should resign and go and look for something that is worth my life. Are you still with me today? 
Because Jesus said a good shepherd lives his life for the sheep. It means it's not his job, it's his life. That's what we call the ownership mindset. I don't know if you're still with me this morning. That's what the ownership mindset is all about. They didn't say the shepherd owned the sheep. He is a shepherd. But it, that whole thing is what is life. And Jesus said, this is how we roll. If you want to be an extension of us, your life must be like this. Jesus cannot be describing himself, and we're excusing ourselves from that description. Are you still with me this morning? So there's something about me living my life in such a way that I want to fully be like God. Not just in church, but on my job, in my business. I want to, I want to die like Jesus and say it is finished. It's finished. It's finished. As in I finished, I finished. I emptied it. I don't know if you're getting me this morning. Yeah. So the good shepherd lives his life for his, the, the sheep. And the, you see, when I was reading this, you know, a while ago, I realized that David caught this and got it from the heart of God. Because this was Jesus saying this hundreds of years after David. All right? And David lived this life. Because when he faced Goliath and they said, what are you going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And he said, let me give you, let me give you my testimony. This, this, is how, this, this is how I've lived my life. This is how we roll. Yeah, I understand the, the heart of God. I've given my father's sheep. Not my sheep, my father's. My father's sheep. Because some people think it has to be your own. Before you lay down your life for it. He said, I've given my father's sheep. And the lion came and the bear came. And I ran after it. Because he took one of the sheep and I smote it and delivered the sheep out of his mouth. He said, the God who empowered me to do that, because that's what he expects of me, that same God will bring down this uncircumcised Philistine. Don't forget when I was teaching about problems and opportunities. I'd said that God expects us to use certain problems as punching bags. Just to prepare for the real thing. The one that will put us on the throne. But because David had this kind of mentality with his life and did not see himself as a little shepherd boy who was marking time at the backside of nowhere because that's how some young people live today. So if you're here this morning, you're still very young, even if it's a holiday job, let it be about your life and not a pastime. That's what will guarantee that you will be a successful person and you will be like God and you will die empty. Because some people are, you know, some people may even be, say, you know, I'm an aspiring entrepreneur. I will still leave this job and start my own business. You know, if because of that, you are very, you know, flabby about how you go about the I mean, you, you undo the work anyhow. You do whatever you like. You are wasting life. When you get on that job itself, I mean, that's what you call your own. Nothing, we can't ex- expect anything really great. I'm telling you the truth. You know, that's just the truth. We shouldn't expect anything fantastic. 
Because you are not used to fantastic stuff. And it's not going to jump on you. <laughs> are you still with me this morning? Yeah, it's not going to jump on you. You're not used to fantastic stuff. If the day David faced Goliath, he was not used to the lion and the bear, we shouldn't expect anything fantastic. Is this touching the right button this morning? <laughs> shouldn't expect anything fantastic. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And it doesn't have to be his own sheep. <laughs> it's just the sheep. So if I've decided I'm a shepherd, it must be shepherd or nothing and shepherd with my life. Which is why I said if you are on any job right now as I speak, that is not really pulling your strings and bringing the creative juice out of you and making you live like God on that job and being the human that God has created you, an extension of God. Please live and find something else. You know why people, why, see, life becomes extremely interesting and fulfilling when we live it like God. Whatever you engage in and you cannot push your creative buttons and that uh, creative tension that comes in to resolve problems, to solve problems, to create solutions. It's not a, uh, uh, you know, a part of your life from time to time. It may not be on a daily basis, maybe on a weekly basis, maybe on a monthly basis, maybe on a project-by-project basis. If it's not there, you are wasting life. That's what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. If it's not there, life is being wasted. Because we're not living like God. And then life becomes pathetic. And then there's need for a lot of encouragement from time to time. Like David, the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Because even when you're living like God, once in a while, situations will come to make you feel less than who you are. Like Elohim. But how do you see light in the midst of darkness? And how are you able to encourage yourself in the Lord? Is that you have made up your mind that I am who God says I am. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Um, from verse 12. Paul said, I've learned to be abased and to abound. And in verse 14, he says, I can do all things. There's another man like David in the Bible who caught the heart of God when it comes to being a solution provider. I can do all things except to embrace the can-do spirit. We don't live like God. And life becomes extremely pathetic. From time to time, we need encouragers. We can't find anything in ourselves to pull ourselves up. And David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. That was after everything had been pulled down, destroyed. The wife and children carried away. And after they finished crying, and then they encouraged themselves in the Lord, and started to pursue. There was nothing, there was no environmental, that encouragement was not going to come by osmosis. There was no, there was nothing around the environment to bring encouragement to him. He had to find it within. Why? Because he had 
he has been living that God kind of life. When in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, uh, the Bible says, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. When it was without form and void, and dark, that darkness covered the face of the deep, God was just supposed to just, you know, go back and say, this darkness is too much. You know, I, I need somebody to encourage me. <laughs> and I wonder who would have encouraged him that time. Since it was Elohim, anyway, maybe the God will encourage themselves. <laughs> Praise God. But what am I saying this morning as a roundup? It's important that we recognize that we were created in the likeness of God. We carry the creative ability of God. It's in us. It's part of us. It's, 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 it's a button that we have to push from time to time. It's a capacity that's waiting to be deployed. And we just need to uh, put ourselves in the right environment for that to be a daily part of our lives. That's how life can be lived in a fulfilled way. So that at the end of the day, when my time will come and your time will come, we can say that it is finished after the order of Jesus. I don't know any other way to live as a fully devoted follower of Christ than that. Any other kind of life is beneath God and all his investment in our lives. Bow on your heads with me this morning. Glory be to Jesus. As we round off this, this very stimulating month, I wanted to just talk to God this morning and I wanted to just tell him, Lord Jesus, I want to live like you. I want, to, I want to live like you. I want to be like you. I love the holiness part of God. I love the merciful part of God. I love the faithful part of God, but I also love the creative part of God. That God that can create solutions and see light in the midst of darkness. Why don't you tell him this morning, Lord, that's, 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 that, that's who I want to be. 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 And I believe I have the capacity for it. I believe you created me to be like that. Somebody here this morning, you need to tell God, I refuse to be overwhelmed by the situations in my life right now. Because you were not overwhelmed in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 with all the darkness, then I believe that I have the capacity to overwhelm this situation instead of this situation overwhelming me. I have the capacity to pull this business out of the dunghill. I have the capacity to pull this career to a whole